Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so excited to have everybody here today because you are in for a treat. I am with Lady Goldwire. She is a state licensed general contractor and building code administrator certified through the International Code Council. She has over 15 years of experience in the construction industry, and her primary focus has been in creation and expansion of small to mid-sized construction firms. She has a huge passion for hemp construction, which is sustainable and and economical. And Lady is extremely dedicated to mentoring and empowering women in business, which so speaks to my heart. Lady, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Darlene. You have no idea how happy I am to be here. Yeah, it's such a, uh, I'm excited to dive in and hear your story a little bit and then learn a little bit about your industry because it sounds like you are in a fun industry where I'm assuming you're probably, um, there's not a lot of women (laughs) in the construction industry. I actually was in, I worked in construction for just a tiny bit right after I graduated from high school and had a chance to kind of see the industry a little bit. So I'm excited to talk today and see what I remember from what feels like forever ago versus what you see in the industry now. So cool, cool. Of course, I've got a very, very active dog and she's seen something that's got her feeling (laughs) hyper. So I apologize in advance, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited to share with you. um, See if there's some things that we talk about in construction that bring back some great memories. Yeah. It's good being in construction right now. It's a, you'd be surprised in this pandemic how well that industry is holding up, but yeah. it's doing pretty, it's doing pretty good. Um, and I'm glad I'm fortunate to have chosen it as a career path because as a result, I'm doing pretty good and I'm happy about it. Would love to see more women give a, give it a try for sure. Cause there's yeah. definitely space for us. Absolutely. And it's, it's such a, an untapped industry for women and there's so much that can be brought to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So before we dive too much into the conversation, I want to just kind of check in with you. I've been starting my interviews this way lately because I feel like we're at the time of the airing of this podcast, like right, right this minute, it's actually like a, been a full year of COVID. Um, this interview is a few, few weeks after that. But I'm curious, how are you doing? How are, how are things holding up for you? I know you're in Florida and I'm in California, so I know sometimes it's a little bit different. How have you been? 
So if I'm honest, you know, it's interesting because we are probably living in two different um, extremes. I think California, we talked about that a little previously, is kind of closed and gradually opening up in Florida, never closed really at all. And so um, we've, we've got an influx of, of, of people coming from all over, just over having been locked down with um, this whole COVID thing. Um, for me, mentally, it's been interesting. It's been, I've gone through different phases. A part of me was in a total space of disbelief for a whole lot of this and was like, okay, let's just go with the flow. Now I'm just at a point where I'm fatigued in the sense that if this is the new normal and this is what forever is going to be like, not being able to see smiles and, and you know, I'm such a hand-to-hand -hand individual, personal contact uh, driven um, I can, I can feel where I'm reacting to not having that type of contact. But overall, I'm really, really grateful. There's so many Americans who have not been able to just see and make it through a year of this. And to be on the, on the other side of, of, not the other side, but to be, you know, to wake up every morning and, and not be in a hospital, not be uh, bombarded with being ill, I try to keep that in perspective and be grateful. So all in all, I'd say I'm okay. I'm yeah, okay. Absolutely. We, we're so blessed, right? Like there's been right. so many different facets that have come out of this right. and there's so many positives and great things that people have been able to experience because they had to slow down a little bit and step back and really assess their situation and like where they were spending a lot of their time and putting their energy. Um, I know, I feel like I've slowed down a lot and had... I have more quality conversations with my family and with my kids and we're not as busy and go, 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 go as we were before, but there's so many people who are still hurting and it's still yeah. just insane. Part me me. Feels, a part of me feels guilty sometimes for being as okay as I am because yeah. I've seen and had interactions, very close friends and family you know, the very first week, two weeks of COVID, we had two cousins who attended a funeral. It made like the national news in Albany. And as a result, the entire town um, fell victim to COVID pretty much. Mm -hmm. And they, they, you know, they did not survive. And it's like, every time I'm thinking about wanting to be sad about being a little uncomfortable uncom or inconvenienced, there is the reminder that there are hundreds of thousands of people who've been adversely impacted, millions, to be honest, um, with where we are. And so to be on this side and to be able to have meaningful conversations and to focus in on family, this is the time period where you really get to determine whether you made a good life choice in terms of partner. You, you figure out whether you really like your kids because we're all clumped down together, right? And yeah. If you don't like them, you're in trouble. But if, yeah. <laughs> you, if, you, if you feel like, you know, you, I'm feeling pretty good about some of the choices that I made because these are people that I can actually be shut in with, you know, yeah. and be okay. So yeah, I'm happy about where I landed there. I love that. I love that you shared it that way too, because you're right. Like we're, we're spending a lot of quality time with people and we're not retired yet. So <laughs> yeah. We know that we made some good choices. I love the way that you put that. Good choices, good choices. <laughs> I love that lady. 
Well, let's dive in to our conversation today. Not that we're already not in our conversation, but I would love to hear your story a little bit. Like, how did you come to start this business and what were some of the things that brought you here? So, you know, I always get that question and it's a culmination of a bunch of different things. Um, I believe life is about choices. We just talked about that a little bit. And for me, um, I think I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. I, I think my personality is shaped up in such a way where I've had to be. Um, growing up in school, I wasn't necessarily a person who would just jump out and take charge, but I wasn't going to leave what was going to happen to me to happenstance, so to speak. So um, growing up very early on, I found myself wanting to fill in the gaps. And if, if, if someone wasn't stepping up to the plate, I was going to be the one that kind of ran out to the forefront and uh, carry the load. Um, my father was in the industry. His father was in the industry. My dad's a brick mason by trade. His father was a tile setter, but they were all entry-level um, type field positions. Um, I can remember riding around with my father and, and, and seeing him when he was in the capacity of the superintendent very when I was a young girl and watching him pick up checks and kind of maneuver and check on job sites I knew always that I wanted to be out in front the problem was when I talked back and forth with my dad he would always tell me oh go to school you're going to make a great secretary or bookkeeper for and I was just like I don't want to do that I want to do what you've got going on and I don't think he realized it then, but he was always more or less shifting me out of this headspace of being out in front. And the more he did it, as subtle and as harmless as he intended it, it really started to light a fire under me with regard to wanting to do it for myself, but really wanting to just get out there and see what the possibilities were. And so... A lot of my backstory is, um, you know, contributed to some of the conversations and long car rides with my dad and figuring out that I wanted to make a go at this. Um, I kind of got off track a little bit. Uh, well, a lot. I had children very young in life, kind of left home and, and, and broke cadence from my father at the time and my parents. And still knew that I could not take care of children on my own, so to speak, with kind of the earnings that I was having. And it made me more curious about construction and the opportunities. And once I got my mind centered on, okay, college, I tried it. It's not going to work. It's a really, really heavy lift trying to be a parent of three small children and go to school. The best thing I can do for myself right now is um, check out what vocation looks like. And as I started delving into vocation, I found that it was a pretty good alternative to traditional education of being able to earn a living in that capacity, um, you know, wasn't necessarily limiting at all. And then once I got into that space, learning um, just the tricks of the trade, figuring out what it took to become my own boss, a general contractor, as soon as I saw what the, what the, um, what the threshold was and what the requirements were. And as, as soon as I was able to really link up with women who were committed to kind of enriching who I was, the thoughts that I was having about getting things done for myself, it really took off from there. And so 
backstory again contributes to what I had with my father, but also just some of the women I had in my life who were supportive, who were, at the time, I didn't realize that they were sponsors. You know, we talk a lot about mentorship, but I think even more important than that often is what comes next, which is sponsorship. And um, women who are kind of where you're trying to go, or at least in a position to help you get where you're trying to go, opening the door and kind of putting you in position to be successful. And so construction for me kind of took its form um, because I had great sponsors that came in the form of women. I had a great foundation, which, uh, you know, began with my dad and seeing him. And again, it just went from there. This has been the best 20 years. Um, my life looks so different than it did as a young girl, you know, I had all of my children before I was 20. And when I look at it now with 20 year olds and seeing where they are in their lives, I can't believe that I was in that headspace, you know, 25 years ago. And to see what this industry, the freedom that it's given me as a woman to do what I want to do when I want to do it, I can't say or champion enough um, the concept of more women getting into the industry and being able to experience the same. Yeah, absolutely. I love a couple of things that you said. Um, I love that you talked about how like your conversations with your dad and like how he kind of lit a fire under you. And what like, I know a lot of women struggle with that because you know that we that people try to put us in a box and like make us feel like okay you can be a secretary or you can only do these certain things and I love how we've broken that mold and we've moved forward and we've really like shattered those ceilings and said like like we can do whatever we want to do like I can do what you're doing dad I don't have to be a secretary in this industry I can actually go out there and make it happen so I love that he lit that fire in you and it got you to where you're at today Absolutely. Absolutely. Our exchanges now are very different. Um, he retired. He ended up going over to uh, municipal government and working in that capacity. And then um, when he retired is actually when I started getting really lukewarm in my business. We've since worked together on several projects and it's really interesting to kind of watch him sit back and watch me take charge. He said it so many in so many ways without really saying it how he got it wrong. And because uh, I'm I happen to have a dad that will tell you I'm not always right, but I'm very rarely wrong. So I want to insert <laughs> that um, there. But yeah, he you know, hearing him talk about the fact that, you know, I've been able to demonstrate to him just how limitless a woman can be. And that coming from him being my dad. It yeah. is um, amazing and it keeps me grounded, but it also keeps me motivated and in, in, in what I can put in line or in front of me to try and do next. Yeah. And I'm sure he's so proud. I um, hope so. I hope so. He is. He has to be. Come on. <laughs> and I, I also love, yeah, I love that you were talking to about like the, the mentorships and like the sponsorships of helping other women come into the industry and really help support them to find their way and to find a, a way that they can show up and serve and bring all of their strengths into the construction industry. Do you find that you're able to sponsor and mentor a lot of women now? With your I do it. I do it every chance I get. I mean, because there's something that, um, there's just 
feeling that you get, right? And I'm sure it's why the women who I encountered did it for me. I've had women who have had similar circumstances where it almost seems impossible to be able to wrap your mind around the freedom associated with entrepreneurship, uh, you know, achieving work-life balance, et cetera. And when you start working them through it and you can sit down and have real conversations about the fact that what you see now in terms of what I've been able to accomplish, I can remember, I remember very distinctly one afternoon being at my wits end. I think my children were seven, five and three, I believe. And there's no food, there's no, and I'm, I'm, I'm focused on where I'm trying to get, but the resources available to me were not there. And the news had run a story about um, newborn babies being left at the fire stations instead of being abandoned altogether. And my mind was like, you know, I don't know how to provide. I don't know that I can. I'm on this goose chase for a career and it seems so far-fetched. Um, I'm going to try this as an option. And I literally took them to the fire station to just kind of walk away. And there was a woman who came out who ended up becoming a um, very, very important person in my life and subsequent women after her who talked to me through that decision. Um, and just getting the opportunity to be able to be that for somebody else, you know, I fast forward 20 years, all of my children have had the opportunity to experience college life and two of three of them have completed undergraduate um, level studies and gone on to um, graduate level studies. I've got one that's in administration now, another in finance and another entrepreneur, entrepreneur kind of freelancer um, kind of shoved in the middle. And, and I would not have believed that that was possible had I not had somebody sponsoring me, pushing me, encouraging me, enriching me. And so, yeah, every chance I get to kind of pay that forward, I'm, I'm, I'm typically looking for that opportunity because it's the fuel I need to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Such a beautiful story that you have, lady. Like, I can't imagine, like, you during that time and like you're at that point where you're like I don't know what else to do like I can't do this the way that I am and then for somebody to take the time to invest in you and support you and encourage you and keep your family together absolutely and where they're at today like like that's amazing like congratulations for like thank you thank you you walked into the you walked into the right firehouse right like you were like I did and guess what interestingly it was a woman and she was in charge at the fire station. She was in a white, a crisp white shirt. Um, her name was Tanya. And when I saw her come out, she came out like she was in charge, but she also came out like she could relate to just the level of frustration that I was um, exhibiting at the time. And sometimes it just need, you just need somebody to say, listen, you can give out you can give in, but you, you you can't give up. You you want to, but just hearing somebody tell you, you know, that you can't, this is what it is, this is how you work through it. And they and them giving you, you know, a blueprint for the how to get through them was those very, very terrible times can make all the difference. But I think as women, that's the thing that we have. And that's the thing the construction industry is missing. There are so many deadlines that don't 
necessarily get themselves met in this industry. Everything that can go wrong in the construction industry, I don't care how many Gantt charts you have, how many construction timelines you have, something is not going to go the way it's supposed to be. And you have got to develop kind of a thick skin in this industry to be able to maneuver through that. And you also have to have this um, intuitive but settling element to your, your, your personality that I think most women have when it comes to dealing with adverse situations. You know, the men typically get all of the credit, um, Darlene, for being strong and having the um, will, right? But the reality is, I think women don't get enough credit for being tenacious and sometimes dogged about completing a task. And that, I think, is what is missing from our industry. And that's the thing that makes me, you know, always open, keeps me open to wanting to engage and invite more women to participate because it only gets better when, when, when the women are there and making some of the decisions, I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Like women are such nurturers and not every woman, obviously, but I think we have this like special gift to like see things from a different perspective and look at it in a totally different light. And it, and we need, we need both energies. We need the masculine and we need the feminine and those things can complement each other so well. So I love that like you're, you're helping more women come into the industry to bring their fire and their energy to the, to the table, to the conversation in a very male dominant industry. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, anything ever um, to just get more women out here and engaged is, is typically what I've got my eyes set on because the opportunities are endless. And when you can empower a woman and give her the tools and the resources to be able to provide for her, kind of be a stabilizer for a family, um, I think it just puts the world in a, in a better place. It sounds super commercial and cliche, but I really do think that balance and, and the ability to just kind of have us engaged on all facets in all elements of all of the things that are seemingly male dominated yeah. uh, is good for everybody. Yeah, it brings so much, I think, to the community as yeah. a whole yeah. when you have women who are stepping into those roles and really giving themselves as well as like they're, they're providing for their families, they're able to give back, they're able to make those support systems. And it's, I think, I think, I feel like I see a, a lot now. I don't feel like I saw it as much 20 years ago when I was right. in, my background was retail management prior. And it was like, like women, we had to work hard, like to get in there and to do things yeah. and to make change. And it's, it's not that it's easier now. It's just more women have walked the path before us. So it's opening those doors and making it that much easier for other people to come behind us. And we're, and we're, and like you said, you're like, you're um, mentoring and um, sponsoring them and you're holding the door open for them. Like, come on in, like the water's fine. Like I got you, like, I'm going to take care of you and support you through this process, which I love. And I, and I love that this is something that we're seeing so much more of and more women. It's catching wind. And, and that's a good thing. I think it's always been there, but we've kind of had to be a little sheepish and, 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 you know, we get in a space and, and there was usually um, a, a, a max on how many women we're going to have here and how much we're going to let them in, 
interject and da da da. And now it, I, th I think honestly, people were talking about 2021 being the year of woman. I think we're probably in a season of the woman, you know? I think that we have an entire season. I could, I, you, know, uh, you know, I think there's gonna be the years ahead are going to be centered around good, strong, smart women, women working collectively um, towards a common space. And I think that collaborative effort is going to be responsible for kind of shifting our space, the world yeah. uh, into where it needs to be. Because I mean, a woman's touch right now is, is just needed across. So need it's so needed. <laughs> And I love that you said like, it's a season because you're so right. Like it's, it's, it's not something that's just going to be for one year. Like this is no. like, it's an evolution. No. It's something that's coming and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. What would you say has been some of the most challenging pieces for you as a woman in the construction industry to really set yourself apart and to let people take you, I don't know if taking you seriously is the right word to use, but like, I can imagine that it, there's a, like, there's a little bit, at least from what I remember in construction, like it's a guy's club in a degree. And so what were some of the barriers you had to break as you stepped into the industry and things that you had to overcome? So let me say this, why, you know, in the industry, in addition to being a general contractor, I'm also a licensed um, building official too. And so that narrows the gap even Further, because you're the person in that capacity responsible for generally uh, a local municipality or, or some type of governing um, body and you're shouldered with a lot of responsibility, but you're also in charge of mostly men, you know, and um, what I'd say is the challenge for me has always been me and the limitations that I've put on myself. I've always gave more weight to what others thought about whether or not I deserved to be in a space than I think I should have. And um, that became probably the most challenging thing for me over the course of my 20 year career in um, the industry. I think um, that coupled with abandoning or feeling like because I was in such a male dominated, dominated industry that I needed to abandon the things that made me powerful, my femininity, my intuitiveness, my, um, you know, desire to nurture and to kind of see things through. I kept trying to separate myself from that and the power and the essence of what made me a woman. And it wasn't until I started kind of seasoning and understanding that, um, you know, rather than cutting all of my hair off and, and not wearing makeup to work and staying in red wings and, you know, just trying to look the part, if I just kind of embraced what made me good at what I did and what made me good at what I was doing and trying to do was the fact that I was a woman. And so getting around and working through that in my head um, and figuring out a way to use gender as my pedestal, you know, um, 
moved me from a perspective or a space where I was constantly dealing with the challenges of things and kind of changed the, 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 the playing field in such a way that I started operating from the space of just kind of being empowered. The finesse that we have as women is absolutely extraordinary. And I think when you know it, we are the individuals who can walk into a room and totally change the atmosphere. Sometimes it's the perfume we're wearing. Sometimes it's the way we walk into a room. Sometimes it's the way we choose to sit down at a boardroom table. You know, men come in, just pay attention to it sometimes. They come into a boardroom and they'll have their things. They'll spread them all out and they'll claim their territory. And, you know, women will come into a space from time to time and we'll kind of... Um, put everything in front of us very, very neatly and work our work to make sure that we don't go outside of that space, that we don't lean into a lot of the conversations that are being had when the power essentially is in doing exactly what we see the men do. And, and, and I've watched it and I've practiced it enough. I think now I've kind of mastered the art of going into a space and, and, and owning it. Um, consuming the space, but not, well, I won't say consuming, I take, taking up space, but not consuming it, so to speak. And just getting people to see that this, this, this finesse, this power, this essence that I have because I'm a woman is something that's needed. So much so that when you leave the room, everybody's trying to figure out A, where you're going and when you're coming back. And so with all of that, I think the challenge was always me. And now that I'm very, very clear that the things that I was most worried about that makes me me, partly, mostly being a woman, is what I need to lead with. I don't know that it's challenging at all anymore. I think they have to be more worried um, about me coming into a space than I'm going to be about being in the space. Um, and that's the type of messaging that I've always tried to convey to the women that I am mentoring and sponsoring, just fall into and lean into the power because it's there, you're born with it, you have it. And so, so many people are trying to figure it out and the hard work is already done. You just got to do what we do and that's be ever present and lean into what we have as gifts as women. Oh my gosh, you gave me chills while you were talking about that because I couldn't agree more. And so many, so many uh, times I can remember like making myself small or making myself not as present or I didn't want to be as seen. And as an entrepreneur, as you're putting yourself out there, like you have to play big, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be yourself and let people really get to know who you are and show up in that space in the right way that's what's going to get you to the next level. We can't stay like meek and cute and like, you know, small. We have to like really let people get to know us. And I can imagine in your industry too, like that could come off to the, to the men sometimes, like it might come off in a way like, well, wait, who's this woman? Like, and like the word, the words they use for like, when we're stepping into who we are and empowering ourselves, like making sure that we gain their respect and their trust and they, Gives, they take a second to really get to know the woman before they judge. I have been, I had a very tumultuous career as a building official. I was very firm footed, but I have been jailed. I have been confronted, stalked. I mean, you, you name it. 
the names that you get for owning your space, they're not the best, but at the end of the day, you don't get, you get one opportunity to be who you are. You're right, right? And it's the easiest thing in the world to do because it's, it's, it's who you are. It's working to, to break cadence with who you are that becomes so uncomfortable, that makes you feel, you know, like you're working double time. And that was always the challenge. It's like, I'm trying to be less than, and I know that I'm equipped. I know that I am prepared for this. I know that I've done the homework. I put in the hours. I know that I understand this project through and through. Why do you have to lead from the back? And it's not a bad thing to lead from the back all the time, but I know a lot of women who start right there. And then the guys are so he- far ahead and it's just, you're, you're bumping elbows and trying to get up there and it will beat you down. I'd much rather go in as, um, as um, much of me as I can and let them do the adjusting than to try to, you know, diminish who I am and then build myself back up. Because once you go in small, the reality is they never see you anyway. By the time you make the adjustment, that's when you become all of the bad words and four letter words that they (laughs) have for you because they're totally caught off guard by you needing to make the adjustment as opposed to you show up, you get what you get, this is, and, and then if you want to fall back, you get the opportunity to do that with grace. And it's, it's just an easy, you know, I have a really, really good group. And that's another thing I think women should do. A lot of times uh, for the bigger part of my life, I steered away from girlfriends and gal pal type relationships. And I'm finding now that they're so super necessary. And so in the group of kind of my wise counsel set of girlfriends that I have, I have one and she says all the time, listen, let's have the hard conversations first. Cause then it's easy from there. Let's talk about how much we're getting paid. Let's talk about what the penalties are if this job doesn't turn in on time. Let's talk about how inc- you get all of the hard stuff out of the way you do it in relationships. Okay. I'm dating you. These are my non-negotiables and this is where I am. You have those conversations and everything else is smooth sailing. And so I think that's kind of a, um, another example of just leading with who you are from the very, very beginning and um, just makes things very, very easy. N- not super easy, but it makes it easier yeah. to go in that way than anything yeah, else. Absolutely. And you're so right. When you, when people see you the first time and they get to know who you are and what to expect, like it's easier going forward from there than if you come in as something that you're actually not. And then you have to like, try to like step who you already are. So I totally agree. Like, and I love like your friend's advice too. Like let's have the hard conversations first. Like let's do the hard stuff. So we don't have to think about it anymore or worry about it or like have those little, like the angels on our ears telling us like the, the good and the bad, like it gives you a chance to like have those hard conversations and move forward and not feel stuck or not be afraid to start the conversation to start with. So I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm super curious. I'd love, like, what's a quick definition for you of what does success for lady mean or look like? Ooh, you know, um, success for me is probably joy. 
you know, everybody's wanting to be happy, right? And, and, and we talk about it amongst these girlfriends that I'm telling you about that I have. And we've come to the conclusion that happy is so, it's predicated on what's happening or going on around you at the time. And it's really um, tied to a moment, right? But if you get into the space where you've got joy and the whole world can be falling down around you, you could be mid pandemic and still be super grateful for life, for making good choices when it comes to who we chose as life partners and our children that we've been blessed with. That's really my thing. You know, I'm, I, I work a lot and um, even still, I don't have it all the way figured out, Darlene. Right now, I'm going through a phase where I need to put some more systems in place because I want to do more, but I want to work less if that makes sense. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. So I want to get a lot of stuff done, but I want to work less. I want, if I want to, you know, blow off a half a day, I need to have some systems in place that will allow work to be working. I've spent so much time kind of running the business and running around in it that, you know, I haven't put the things in place so that the business can run when I'm not there. And so when I talk about or think about being successful, it's twofold. It's being able to have the things that I've started, the seeds that I planted kind of grow and flourish without me having to constantly be there plowing and, 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 and just doing the hard work to keep them sustained. But it's also all about just being um, joyful in what I have been able to accomplish, the time that I've been able to do it in and the people I've been able to do it with and know that that is the constant, you know, it's not going to change. If it rains all day today, I'm not going to go gloomy if it's not. And, you know, I would say this, I don't know if I share with you, but my middle son while in college um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So I'm a huge advocate for the mental health um, community. I serve on the local board here for um, NAMI. And as I watch him with um, his diagnosis, it's actually schizoaffective disorder. So there's a bipolar element and the schizophrenia element combined. Mm-hmm. And I can see from time to time how he's manic and here and then other days super depressed. And I'm always mindful of how quickly things can change, right? Yeah. And just being in a space where I'm doing what I can do at every hand to ensure that my family, you know, they're, they're in this space of joy. I'm in this space of joy that we're just super grateful about the things we have, not really focusing on all the stuff that yeah. we don't, because that list is endless, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, that, that's success to me. That's yeah. success to me. I love your definition of success. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. I, it's, it's working for me so far. Yeah. And you're right. Like there's so many, like it's so much easier to find joy in everything that we do when we're not trying to like feel all the emotions that come with it. And like the highs and the lows of the day, like we just show up as ourselves. We lean into our values and our mission and our purpose in those types of things. And everything else can kind of fall together the way they need to without putting like major pressure on ourselves. Like we need to be happy and smiley and like, Look at me, every, everything put together, like just show up with a joyful heart and, joyful you know, heart. And it, it changes the whole dynamic. 
of yeah. whatever you're catching, whatever hell you're catching, whatever you're going through. If you just program your mind that I, I'm going to be joyful about it. And it, it sounds so cliche. I've said it to my son when he's deep into his, you know, his episodes and, and but, you know, I have to change the situation and, and condition it. I can't let situations condition me. That that's that's just kind of the space that I'm in. Yeah. It ends up working out. Look, I refuse to get mad at the fact that this person just cut me off <laughs> because at the end of the day, you know, I'm going home. Whatever they're rushing to is probably not the bliss that I'm going to experience. That's kind of how I psych myself out. I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna yeah. sit by a lake and I'm it, gonna watch the sun. Right. It's so much better to go that way than to get yeah. mad angry and then it, it like spirals from there right like when you let yourself go into that like frenzy of like what other people have going on it just makes it that much harder it's the stuff you can't control either and besides I'm, I'm getting to a point I told you now I've got my grandbaby I'm not doing anything to kind of be smiling and or, or frowning and, and acting up and the creases start to come in your face and I'm trying to hold on to um <laughs> my youth as long as I can <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love this. I love our conversation. I'm going to take us into rapid fire questions okay. um, before we wrap up. Um, okay. and just whatever comes to mind, like your instant thought or reaction is perfect. Um, I'm curious, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what does it look like? You know what? My morning routine really is when as soon as I open my eyes, I'm so grateful that I kind of open my eyes. It's, it's crazy. That's the first thing I do really is say thank you. Like I think about my day, but I'm not even feet on the ground yet. I'm just like, wow, just to see the daylight, that's it. I'm I'm saying thank you before I get out of the bed. Really, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's such a like any any it's always a good day when you wake up, right? <laughs> it's a good day. Nowhere to go from but up from there. That's exactly. for sure. Um, are you binge watching anything right now? So I don't know how I missed it when it was out, but I just literally finished watching Scandal. I had never seen an episode. So okay. now I've seen the whole season. That's I mean, funny. I've watched all the early episodes of Scandal and I think there's been maybe like three seasons since then that I haven't watched. I need to go back and get caught up on like the, how it ended because uh, I love, I love, love, love that show. <laughs> I don't know how Shonda Rhimes could see in the future but the last three episodes that you probably missed are literally a repeat of what we've kind of gone through in the last six years of, of, of government of just kind of what's been going on in the world internationally. Really? It was crazy to see the insight that she had. Um, Her mind is brilliant just in general, like the content that she creates and like, have you watched, um, I always say the name wrong, Bridgerton or Bridgerton? On Netflix. Listen, listen, I'm so happy. I had read this, the, the book the series. Books. And what I will tell you is I'm so happy that they signed down for the eight seasons. I know ABC was like kicking whoever that person was who didn't give her Disney passes for her nanny. Because that's how she got to Netflix to yeah. begin with. She just kind of quit. because She's like, okay, you don't want to give me tickets? Forget it. Bridgerton was the bomb. I yeah. loved it. And so I watched it. It's so good. I was super excited a few weeks, um, maybe maybe a month ago now when they announced they were going to do the season two. I was like, thank God, hurry up. Like, I can't wait. It's so good. 
And Netflix is great because they do the whole season. So if you really want to binge, you don't yeah. have to go episode by episode. Yeah. And that's why I ask what you're binging. Cause I feel like that's how I watch TV now. Like very rare. There's a, there's a few shows that I do like DVR, like, um, this is us. I love that show. Uh, and I have to DVR that one and I have to wait a whole week and it drives me nuts, but I love like, um, just sitting down and like, sometimes I just, I just need a couple episodes in one night in one little setting. <laughs> This is us. Is the this is us? Just sends me to a whole nother place. That writer, that show is brilliant oh, put together um, as well. For it's sure, so, it's so good how they like stream all the like the characters past, together. The past, oh, all goes together and yeah. it flows seamlessly. So good, and it hits on like every every episode. I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> It's my therapy. That's where yeah. I get my therapy from. Yeah. I really do watch This Is Us to feel good about just the world yeah. and about people and how you can be so different, but at the end of the day, be the same. We're all yeah. looking for the same stuff, right? And be and so connected. Yeah, that's it all in perspective. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who would you say has made the biggest influence in your life? Um. So I have two. So one I can put my hands on right now, um, and her name is Lynn Hubbard. She's a local civil rights um, community activist, and I just love everything she has going on um, and what she stood for, stands for. The other I would have to say is Mark Cuban and Chris Voss. Awesome. Love it. And I know I can't do this right now, but if I could give you a plane ticket and you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Maldives Island. It's, mm. All of those islands um, look like something out of a storybook and yeah. it's so, so far away, but it has every element of everything that I think is um, related to paradise. I'd be there. I, I'm a, I, I have not been there. I haven't been a lot of places, but um, that one I added to my list probably like three or four weeks ago, I was interviewing somebody else on the podcast and they said that as well. And so I'm like, now I'm super curious. I'm like, I think I want to go there too. <laughs> We're going to have to plan a trip. <laughs> and if, if you're still having the COVID anxieties and everything like that, when you look at it, just, just, it's a place that you could go and feel safe, be safe and not need a whole lot of interaction or tourism so to speak it's very isolated but in touch with the things that you should probably cherish like blue waters and blue skies and yeah, yeah. I, I want to get there quickly yeah I'm with you I'm my happy spot really is at a beach with my toes in the sand like the water the sound the smell the feel like all those things like it's if a reset it's a total yeah. reset Tulum is where is is if you can't get there, then Tulum would be my number two because it offers that. But yeah. yeah, I've got my eyes on those islands. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Where do you, what do you like to do when you need to like recharge and reset if you can't so, get to the tropical island? <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm a water person too, but I love all genres of music. So I can have a really awful day and Alexa and I can just kind of go through a mix and from country to classical to r&b to wherever it takes me i'm going and that's kind of what i like to do oh my reset 
Yeah, I am totally with you. Um, a good dance party with Alexa, especially after a long, hard day. It's a perfect way to reset. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, lady, this has been so much fun having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and just sharing so many amazing nuggets um, and speaking so much truth into my life and to everybody who's listening. Darlene, thank you so much for even having me. It's been so, so nice to kind of talk with you and I'm enjoying the interaction as well. Awesome. I know people are going to want to connect with you and find you. Where do you like to hang out? Um, should they go to your website, social media? Where should they come? Oh, um, social media, you can find me at Lady March hyphen Goldwire. Um, in terms of Instagram, I'm on GC. I think it's at GC Gal Lady. Um, I don't remember what my Twitter handle is. I don't hang out so much there, but my business website is Brynmar, B-R-I-N-M-A-R construction.com and it kind of gives you some details on what I do from day to day um, and shares a little bit of the company with everybody so yeah I'll go there check me out awesome and all of that information will be down below in the show notes as well so you guys can find her website and all of those links so you can go and connect lady thank you so much for being on thank it was you. such a pleasure all right. And that's another episode for the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I will see you guys all again next week. Have an amazing week and we will see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.